For dads, the perinatal and postnatal period can be challenging to say the least, but unfortunately there's a distinct lack of support for dads during this period, especially here in the UK. Today on the Parenting Truths podcast, I'm joined by Kieran Anders. Kieran is Operations Manager for Dad Matters UK. Dad Matters work tirelessly to help dads to have successful relationships with their families and provide support for anxiety, stress and mental health issues. As well as supporting dads with their mental health, they place a huge importance on attachment and bonding with their babies, something that traditionally dads just haven't discussed. I'm so happy to share this conversation with you. It's a pleasure to chat to people really pushing to make change in this world. And before we dive in, remember, parenting is all about progress, not perfection. And we're rolling. Welcome to the Parenting Truths podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kieran Anders from Dad Matters. Thank you for joining me, Kieran. Yeah, good morning, Tom. It's good to be here. I wanted to chat today because there are very few organisations in the UK supporting dads the way Dad Matters does, and especially during the perinatal period specifically. So can we maybe kick off by you just explaining a little bit about the services Dad Matters offers and sort of what your role is within that? Yeah, so we sit within the perinatal pathway of uh, statutory services and third sector organisations. Um, we set up in uh, six years ago in Greater Manchester alongside the Early Attachment Service. Okay. Um, but we're a Home Start project. Home Start is a, a national organisation that has uh, home visiting volunteers who do an amazing, uh, amazing job. So we sit within the Home Start model. Um, we cover more than just Greater Manchester now. Our main aim is to support dads with that parent infant relationship, um, really helping them to understand how babies communicate, um, how they can interact with babies. <clears throat> how they can support that attachment, bonding, um, and really understand their role and as a unique parent rather than as a, a support for mum, which is often the way dads come to um, to that through their journey to parenting. Um, we do it in a number of ways. Yeah. I think one of the unique parts um, of what we do is we see as many dads as we can in the universal space where they're thinking about themselves as a dad. So an antenatal clinic is a, a prime example. Um, the Father Institute research showed that over 92% of dads attend an antenatal appointment with their partner, which is a, a great place to meet dads. So we have uh, staff, volunteers who do outreach there. They ask the dads how they're doing, they give them resources, um, and they also make sure that they bring the baby into the conversation by asking them about the journey, um, how far along are they, do they know about how babies can hear in the womb from about 24 weeks, um, have they started thinking about a playlist? Yeah. What football team is the baby going to support? Those really dad-friendly questions from, <laughs> from another dad that really help them to think about the baby as a part of the family as early as possible. Um, that leads into our more targeted outreach for dads in particular uh, sort of situations. Uh, so those might be dads who've got a baby on a neonatal unit or a NICU. They could be dads who are supporting mum with severe mental health issues on a mother or baby unit. Um, we also work with family nurse partnerships and teenage pregnancy teams. Um, various other places we're, we're at the moment developing drop-ins uh, in a prison um, and then in schools with uh, teenage pre uh, parents um, there's various other kind of places that we go to the main thing to remember is that we always go to dads and we go to them in a place where that where being a dad is an important part of it 
we don't ask them to come to us we don't set up groups and say you need this come here we go to them where they already are and we talk okay, about that's interesting. what they might need and then the final part of it is is referrals so we can take one-to-one -one referrals from services or from dads themselves we offer that space for them to offload where they've probably not had that before um, we're independent from the services around mum so they feel much more safe to talk about their issues their frustrations whatever is really going on for them and we help them to acknowledge what's happening where the support is for them and what support uh, they can access um, and hopefully feed them or signpost them into those uh, those services in the pathway that dads miss out on, on getting to. Do, do you find um, the idea behind going to meet dads as opposed to waiting for them to come to you, is that because traditionally maybe dads wouldn't proactively reach out for help and support? I think that's part of it, and I th I th but I think that's more around them acknowledging that they need it rather than them not being um, motivated to, to do it. Um, and we see in, in yeah. men's mental health, we get lots of dads, men who wait and wait and wait to acknowledge that there's an issue and then when they finally acknowledge it it's crisis point and they have kind of run out of options and they are in, in crisis services um, what we want to do is educate dads around why their babies need them to be well so that they're motivated earlier to make sure that they're acknowledging how they're doing um, but going to the dads is a key yeah. part of, of what we do because they um, they don't expect to be part of those services around the mum and baby and that that often is a barrier to them then reaching out when they need support um, there are great organizations out there that are running dad's play stay sessions dad meetups uh, really challenging that kind of isolation that dads feel um, but they all rely on dads attending or coming along to that because they know that they need it and what we're trying to do is reach those dads that don't know that yet um, and so we do reach dads with more more complex issues um more kind of birth trauma supporting a partner with uh, mental health issues those kind of dads that probably wouldn't reach those more um social kind of groups and and support services and do you find birth trauma is quite a common occurrence because obviously it's quite difficult for dads to speak out about their experience of birth because obviously the mother has gone through nine months of just having her body um, change and grow a baby and then they're the one that has to give birth and you know people so often look at dads and they just need to sit on the sidelines and watch and just support but it, it is quite traumatic isn't it I remember quite specifically um, when my wife gave birth to our first I, I didn't want to admit it at the time, but after, you know, 12 hours of watching her go through it, I had the worst headache in the world and I was just too scared to say anything. I didn't want to ask for a paracetamol because, you know, why would I need a paracetamol after what my wife has gone through? So um, do you find that birth trauma is quite a common occurrence? I think it is common. I think one of the things that we need to try to remember um, is that the dads go into the birth room, uh, labour suite, wherever they might be having the baby, as a support for mum, that's, that's the thing that they want to be the most. It's the reason that we go to antenatal yeah. classes, antenatal clinics, um, and, and actually being a parent is secondary to that at that moment. Um, and so when you're watching, yeah. uh, when you're witnessing your partner go through something that looks quite uh, painful, it looks um, traumatic for them, being a witness to that is much different to going through it yourself and some of the time because we assume that we're there to support mum we do like you said 
we don't really want to say anything we don't want to burden them with how we're feeling or what we're going through um, and what we find the common theme is if you have found birth traumatic there isn't really somebody to speak to about your experience because everybody around the family will will be there when mum's in the room and you don't really want to share that with mum in the room um, the way that we approach it is we ask every dad about how they f how they felt about the, the birth how did it go for you how are you feeling afterwards and we do that in a one-to-one -one space or in group spaces or uh, wh wherever we might meet the dads um, to really let them know that people are interested in their experience because it's important not just for them and their mm. well-being but also for their family their relationships the baby's attachment all of those things are really important uh, and based around how dads are feeling so but we, we sometimes have to tease it out of them a little bit. We, you know, they maybe haven't acknowledged that it was traumatic. Um, and you talk about something, a lot, some dads, one, one example is we had a dad in a, uh, a group who was really worried about his extension not being finished by the time baby was born. But he was visibly upset, shaking, crying, very, very uh, emotional in the group. Um, and when we talked about it, actually, his worries were more around not having time to bond with the baby when they were born and not being able to enjoy his paternity leave because he would mm. be managing this extension bill uh, and some in, some issues around his relationships with his parents breaking down when he was a teenager um, but he hadn't acknowledged that any of that was the issue he was only focused on the very practical thing that he thought was the thing he needed to fix um, and it meant that we could talk about yeah. it and we could put things in place, we could give him tools we could talk about what babies need and how they need it. We could talk about the 45 minute window of interaction with a baby that's enough to build that secure attachment with them um, and really help him to understand how, the, how those relationships work. Um, but, but men do focus on something that might not necessarily be the issue. I, I remember with, um, so this was like five years ago now, when my wife fell pregnant for the first time, you sort of, as a dad, I looked beyond the pregnancy and the birth and even the first couple of years and when you picture family life you sort of imagine running around the park chasing a ball riding a bike and you, you sort of bypass all of the sleepless nights and the nappy changes so um since going through my parenting journey and sort of evolving as a parent i've realized how crucial even pregnancy is for dads i remember doing a birth plan with Laura and that was just massive whereas like you go from something that is completely unknown you don't know what you're doing to like a lot more controlled because obviously with a birth you do have a lot of things in your control like you say you can create a playlist you can dim the lights you can make certain requests on how you want the pregnancy to go and actually getting involved with that as a dad is I think massive in terms of making yourself feel more involved absolutely being involved is is a key part and as I said, we come into parenting um, through the, the journey of pregnancy um, and often our focus is mum and how we can support mum through that. And so being part of making a birth plan, being part of advocating for mum in, in, uh, in the room, um, getting to know who the midwives and the, the staff are around you, whether you're uh, having a, a home birth or you're having uh, a birth centre or even in, in hospital, making sure you know who those people are, they know who you are, if you've got anything that you don't want to experience, um, for instance, we, have, we had a dad in a group who didn't want to see uh, the, the business end, didn't want to see baby being born, and he was quite anxious about that. Oh, okay. Um, and, and one of his uh, worries in the group we were having in the antenatal group was, how do, I, how do I tell the midwives that I don't want to go down there? What if they just grab me and think that I do and drag me down and 
make me make me look at it and mm. um, and being able to advocate for yourself as well as your partner is is important. Uh, make sure you know what it is that you want, and if there's something that you're not too sure about, speak to your partner and then speak to the team around you. Put it in the birth plan as well. It's not. Um, yeah. We want everyone to be comfortable uh, and everybody to, to get what they want from the experience, so that we can move on and, and be the parents that we really want to be. I think, and we don't realise that you know the midwives do this all day, every day, and they're there to support you as individuals and give you the experience you want. What I remember with Luca, our first one thing my wife and I really wanted because we didn't know if he was going to be a boy or a girl is for me to actually tell Laura the gender so we, we the, when he was born the midwife showed me and then I was the one to tell Laura I think that was um a really important thing for Laura and yeah I th I also remember um we were told that it's perfectly okay if expecting parents want to go and have a mini tour of um where they'd potentially be giving birth so again with Luca we went for a tour of the hospital obviously when it's a lot quieter and they showed us around and that just allows you to make that mental shift then to know what to expect even knowing where to park I remember being really conscious because the parking was awful in the hospital by us where am I going to park what if I can't park and they said literally write a note put your mobile number on it if you need to drive to the door that's okay just leave a note on your on your car and that again just relieved a little bit of that stress which was um probably a, a menial thing at the time but all those little things do build up for dads i think yeah we we do think practically don't we so at every practical issue that might arise yeah we're trying to think of, of solutions for them like parking like have you practiced putting the car seat in the car yet <coughs> all of those little practical um things that might crop up we want to make sure we've got them all covered um, and and if we try that and if we do go through that actually then it makes us a little bit more adaptable when things do go awry because it's never going to go the way that you expect it to there will be things that crop up that you need to be a bit more flexible no. about but that's what the staff are there for they can help you with that they've seen it all before they can support you with it help you to understand it um, if it's a medical thing with with your partner somebody will try and stand with you somebody will try and explain it to you it might not happen in the moment and you might have to be patient um, and if they don't come back to you, you can go to them and you can ask them about it. It's um, it's entirely okay to do all of that. And I think sometimes we don't feel empowered to do that as dads. We feel that that's mum's uh, point. Yet if mum asked us to do it, we absolutely would advocate for her and do it on her behalf. Uh, but sometimes we don't do that on our own behalf and, and we can change that, definitely. One thing I'm certainly in the, um, in the newborn uh, stages. One thing I'm quite passionate about and I find gets a lot of traction and engagement from dads on social media is starting to sort of um, just talk about the newborn phase and debunk some of those myths. The fact that, you know, babies, their only way to communicate is through crying as, as frustrating as it can be at, at the time. You know, they, they do need a responsive caregiver. They aren't overly needy if they're constantly crying and trying to manipulate you. And I find I connect with a lot of dads through DM when I share this information because I don't think there are enough dads out there sharing this sort of stuff. So do you find that just sort of normalising a few things for dads and allowing them to sort of set realistic expectations helps them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we deliver a, a new dad workshop online, which is free for, for dads to jump onto. Um, it's not an antenatal class. We talk about attachment and bonding. We talk about mom and dad's mental health and we talk about accessing services. 
um, because they're the three kind of key areas we know we can support dads with. Um, the, the information that we share, the knowledge that we have as a, as a parent infant service um, comes from our early attachment service um, professionals, so clinical psychologists. We okay. also use the Brazelton newborn behavioural observation uh, to inform the way that we talk about how babies communicate with us. Uh, we talk about baby states, about uh, alert states and sleep states. We talk about the differences between types of sleep. So why babies need light sleep is because it's brain development and it's kind of, uh, uh, what's the word, storing all of those experiences from during the day. They need uh, deep sleep because that's kind of the, the growth hormones are released and that's when the muscles and bones and uh, organs all start to grow. Um, there's also fussy stages where they're not quite sure which state they're in. Um, and then crying is one of those states because babies need to be able to cry. It is one of their tools to be able to communicate with us, but it tends to be the last tool that they need. There's lots of other communications uh, that they do beforehand. Um, and also yeah. information about how babies are born with the instinct to communicate with us. They want to have a two-way conversation. We call it serve and return. And they're born with that. Even preemies can, can do this. So if we talk to a baby and we leave a space for them, they'll react in a way that shows us that they're involved in the conversation. That means that they obviously they're not gonna sort of give you a, a full sentence. They might not even make a sound, but they could kick a leg, kick an arm, they could hiccup, they could move their head, they could blink their eyes, they could smile. All of these things are communications that babies do with us um, to be part of our conversation because they know when they interact with us, we're gonna be there to keep them safe. And that's what babies need is to feel safe. It's all part of their survival uh, mechanisms. So having all of that information that we can share with dads, um, one of the biggest, uh, biggest parts of the work we do in our one-to-one -one referrals is we point out those assets that dads are displaying with the babies. Uh, we've had dads where mm -hmm. they've, they've been holding the baby and talking to us about how they don't feel the bond with the baby is, is going very well. Um, and then the baby will do a little startle reflex, maybe four or five weeks old, and dad will turn to the baby mid-conversation, put a hand on baby's tummy, stroke baby's face, whisper some really quiet, comforting words to the baby while they're nice and settled, and then turn back to the conversation and carry on. And we point out those really, that, that asset-based approach means that we point that out to dads so they see the really good responses they're giving their babies, how their babies respond to them when they do it, and it can really help them to understand that they can do all of that even if they feel that they're not quite doing it. Um, and knowing that you're responding to your baby in the right way, and that's, that is having a positive impact on their development, will also help your mental health, it will also help your, the hormones that you need to feel better. Um, and it's a motivating factor to then get extra help if you need that too. So all of that is, is, it is very much the foundation of what Dad Matters stands for. We support Although on the face of it, we support dads, the, the underlying subtext is we support babies to have better relationships with their dads by helping dads to understand the babies. We do expect from what we see in the movies and things like that, that that immediate bond and connection is there, like the moment the baby is born and handed to the dad. Um, you know, in the movies, you see the dads become overwhelmed and that immediate connection is there but that's not always the case and like you say the little um, interactions the serve and returns the reading of the cues um, that all comes with time doesn't it as you engage with the baby which can be difficult because obviously a lot of dads get very minimal if any paternity leave so 
I do encourage dads that when they get the opportunity, just try and have some alone one-on-one time with the baby, even if it's five, ten minutes in another room, just to think on your feet a little bit and um, engage with the baby and just lay with the baby and, like you say, have those serve and return interactions because, yeah, it, it can be tough when that bond isn't immediate for dads and they can start maybe thinking is it something wrong with them are they a bad parent when that's that's far from the case yeah this, sometimes it's it's really easy to miss those cues as well um especially if you struggle with mm. your mental health it's one of the biggest barriers to that uh, to reading those cues and catching those cues from your baby um and i think what well one of the tools that we encourage dads to use is watch wait and wonder um we say basically put baby on on the floor on a mat um, and just sit back and watch what they do for a minute, uh, 60 seconds. You can time it if you like. Um, and everything that they do, think about what are they feeling when they do it. So if a baby smiles or moves a hand or tries to look around, whatever they're doing that's nice and when they're calm and they're, they're doing things, there's a reason for it and everything that they do is communicating with us. So if we wonder about what they're feeling, um, it, it's we call it... Um, well, there's reciprocity where we're returning uh, what they're doing, we're mirroring their, their um, kind of actions, but then there's also reflective functioning, which is about us putting ourselves in baby's position and thinking about what they're feeling, thinking, doing, and, and it really helps us to be more attuned to baby and what they need from us. Um, so if, if there are any dads out there that are wondering about what their babies can do, try that for a minute, watch them. Um, it's entirely okay to stop that minute if they start to feel uh, upset or, or be fidgety or fussy and you want to pick them up that's entirely okay um, but but it's a really nice tool to kind of put yourself in baby's place and think about what it is that they're they're trying to tell us um, within their actions and their uh, movements. Um, I, I was going to ask are there any common sort of themes that you see with dads in terms of the challenges they have during the perinatal period are there may be a few standout ones that you see in more dads than others or um, it's a difficult one because actually there's not really any other services that dads would go to directly. Um, so other than issues that where they're supporting mum and want to be able to support mum in a better way, um, it, yeah. it, does it does tend to be around relationships. Either they're not sure uh, how to approach a subject with mum, they're struggling with something in their their uh, their own emotional well-being, and they don't really know how to talk to anybody about it. Um, they're struggling with the bonding with, with baby. Um, but most dads come to us with a practical issue. It's nearly always a practical issue. Okay. And when we talk about it, we get into the more, more of the emotional context. Uh, and practical issues can literally be anything that, that they come with. Um, and we try and support them to find the right services for the practical issue, but then also talk to them about the baby, bring the baby into the conversation as often as possible, really help them to think about the impact on the baby and their relationship with the baby of, of what's happening for them. Um, I think in terms of, uh, of themes um, at the moment, well, over the last few years, it's been feeling more isolated from services around around mum and baby because yeah. COVID meant that dads weren't going to appointments, they weren't going to scans, they weren't often, they weren't in the uh, early stages of the birth. Um, and that had a big impact on, on how dads felt about bonding. Um, it didn't have a massive impact on them uh, later on for the dads that we, we work with, uh, at least. Um, but it did, it did in those moments. They did feel isolated and 
not very valued. Um, but before that, dads that were going to maternity appointments also felt isolated within that service. They didn't feel a part of it or included, okay. which is kind of expected in maternity. They are they are focused on mum and mum's physical health as well as bringing the baby into the world. Um, but dads tend to carry that over into those early years. So dads tend to avoid health visitors, early education, all of those other people that are around them that can support them. Uh, because they just feel that, that that's for mum in the way that maternity felt that it was for mum. And so what we're trying to do is support uh, professionals to understand how to reach dads in those situations. Um, but yeah, so isolation, mental health, uh, sometimes things like, um, it's basically anything that mums have, dads have, but it's trying to find the right pathway for those dads that, that suits them, feels like the right platform, doesn't affect their um, relationship with, with the other parent because often they, they avoid discussing their own issues because they don't want to upset mum. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really a broad spectrum. I, I think it's really important there you mentioned about relationships because I don't think there's enough awareness around, certainly for new parents, how a marriage or a relationship evolves and changes during um when you become a parent because obviously if you've got two parents one assumes that it's just going to be the same as pre-parenting life and the other is trying to transition um you can there can be a bit of a stalemate and um misaligned expectations which can, can cause a lot of problems so there, there definitely needs to be more around how relationships evolve doesn't there and change when you become parents quite a lot of the work that we do quite a lot of the, the conversation we have with dads is around how their relationship with the baby is is the kind of the first part of it um, and that will influence all of their other relationships not just with mum but with with everyone around them including those professionals that can support them um, and and thinking about how we yeah. uh, communicate that to other people is a, a big part of how we can do we, we can do something really early on very early intervention is if you're struggling who can you speak to how will you speak to them how will they know that you're struggling um, and that can really help to, to build those uh, relational kind of conversations and those bridges I suppose during uh, that transition um, to parenting and also one of the what as I said earlier on dads come into parenting with the ambition to be there for mum during labor that tends to be the first and sometimes mm. only thing that they're focused on and then suddenly there's a baby in their arms and they they do have that change of hormones that their testosterone levels do drop they do have extra prolactin um, all of this helping them to be more attuned with baby but that can also affect their emotional state and how they're feeling which they might not necessarily relate to being a dad it just might just feel different knowing that those things can happen knowing that there will be changes that they can expect can really help them to deal with them in in the moment rather than worrying about what's happening or why it's happening or, or whose fault it is sometimes happens so um, and all of that is based on communication we can communicate with our partners with the services around our family um, with other dads and peer supporters and organizations like dad matters to really understand what it is that's happening to us um, to make us a better parent because in the end that's what we all want to be how has dad matters evolved then so did you say it started in manchester and now is it spreading far and wide across the UK or is it still the Greater Manchester area? In Greater Manchester we have uh, eight coordinators, full-time members of staff 
who uh, take all of the okay. referrals. They also coordinate the volunteers who do some of the outreach in the hospitals. Uh, we deliver multi-agency training to professionals in uh, the perinatal pathway. Um, and all of that is funded through the NHS perinatal mental health pathway. Um, we started in Tameside, which is just one town in Greater Manchester. Um, it's a, an ambition between Homestart, the, the charity, um, and the early attachment service. So everything that we've done, not only have we co-produced all of the resources, the branding with dads, but we've also co-produced it with professionals from the early attachment services, from peer support services, to make sure right. it's exactly what, what it needs to be for dads to understand. It's not, um, it's not our opinion as a dad, it's clinical information if they need it. Um, it's cleared through the, the pathway with mental health services, perinatal services, all, all of those. Um, and what that means is that, and because we're part of Homestart, what that means is we can share that model with other Homestart schemes. So the first one we shared with was, uh, there was three schemes in Gloucestershire in a consortium. So we have two coordinators down there now and they, they're just advertising for, for an, an extra support worker. Um, and since then, we've opened in uh, Somerset, Wales, Warrington, Cheshire and Merseyside, Blackpool, Fylde and Wire, uh, Leeds, oh, wow. Warwickshire and North Surrey. Um, and we've, we're, we're in talks with lots of other home starts all the time to try and make it happen in other places too. Um, it's, it's definitely a shareable model. It's, um, it's pretty affordable for what you get uh, in terms of brand and resource and support. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's something we, we think we can definitely share much wider than we're already doing. And the fact that it's escalating shows that there's a clear need and appetite for this type of service across the board, isn't there, across the UK, which is important. Yeah, th there's always been a, uh, a tendency for services. So maternity, for instance, health visiting, there's not been anything for dads that, that really aligns with what they want to offer. Um, that, but there have been dad support organisations like Dad's Play and Stay Sessions or resources. Um, and what yeah. we're trying to do is help, them to help those services to understand the differentiation between what is a, a resource, like DadPad is an amazing resource for dads, has loads and loads of information in it. Uh, we provide that to dads all the time in the work that we do. But it isn't- Is that the downloadable support. app? It's a downloadable app, yeah, DadPad. It's commissioned in a lot of areas right. across the UK, and it's fantastic. It's like a manual um, for being a dad. And it's meant to be, when you have an issue or a problem or a question, you go to it, you find that subject, you have a bit of a read. Um, it's, it's a great tool. Um, but, it, but it's a resource, and it, it's, it can help you to acknowledge what the problems are. It might be able to help you to find out where to go for support, but it isn't offering the support. And what we want professionals to understand is if they give dad an app and then dad reads that, that subject on uh, perinatal mental health or postnatal depression in men or whatever it might be and realises that he needs support, they then need to have support for him as well. It's not enough to just give them the resources. Yeah. Um, and there's also uh, out there, there's lots of campaigners, advocates who are really doing an amazing job of raising the profile of dad's mental health. Um, and the importance of it for babies and families. Uh, but again, signposting dads to a, an Instagram page isn't a support service for dads. Um, it's a step no. towards a support service. There also needs to be support in place for when that dad realizes that this is something they need to, to deal with. Um, 
And I, and I think when we liken that to the journey that mums have been on over the last 30 years where we've gone, uh, where we've got specific specialist services now for mums' mental health, uh, we have parent-infant services for that relationship with baby, um, and there's an expectation for, from mums that they will be able to access support. Uh, they might not know what that looks like or how it will fit for them or what will feel comfortable, but they all know that there will be support offered at some point in their journey yet dads feel that they won't be offered support and sometimes and this is probably more damaging they feel that they don't deserve it or shouldn't access it because it should be for mum and not for them right um and so there's a whole there's a whole sort of shift i think in societal thinking around what dads bring to the table um and and the fact that dads are a unique parent they don't they're not an extra mum they don't parent in the same way as mum they bring more challenge, they bring more risk assessment, they turn babies to the world and help them to be more socially, uh, and so, more social. Um, and that executive functioning is a big part of the, the relationship that dads play. And so we can really help dads to understand that, but we also need the professionals around families to be able to understand that too. Um, just going back to what you said there, it's quite important because um, with the NHS you are given a lot of leaflets and a lot of literature and references to certain things but the important thing comes making the leap from that resource to actually reaching out to the service that is going to help you um, that is a blocker I think for a lot of um, support that's needed for all parents but for um, dads specifically because when you whether you've um, gone through miscarriage or stillbirth or an, a, a, a healthy full-term pregnancy um, you are given a lot of leaflets and bombarded with a lot um, so if there are parents struggling in and amongst those leaflets how do they then get from that leaflet to the service and it seems like that is one of your drivers and priorities in making yeah. dad's matters accessible absolutely and so I think what we see ourselves as is 70% engagement and 30% support in that the more dads okay. you can engage with directly, the more likely it is that they'll accept a referral later on. Um, and we do that by, so there's a few things that we know. Um, in our consultation, we found that dads wanted to see the, the, the word dad on the resources and they wanted to be represented by images. Okay. They wanted to see the color blue, but they also wanted it to be quite plain not lo lots of colours like it was an early education programme or, or that kind of uh, service. Um, so our brand was set up through that kind of co-production. Uh, and then just, just after that, the Fatherhood Institute brought out some research that shows that we need to use the word dad and father in resources or on letters or invitations. Mm. Because if we use women and families or mum and families or mum and partner, it becomes mum's resource and dads will defer that to mum. And feel that that, that mum will let them know if they need to be involved in it, and that actually is is not the way that it, sh it needs to be. We need to make sure we use the word dad. That also brings some other challenges around the parents that aren't mums and dads. So we need to use additional language to make sure yep. we're including uh, other co-parents um, and also uh, intended parents who've come to parenting through surrogacy, IVF, adoption. Um, so to be inclusive, we need to use additional language, which sometimes feels uncomfortable for for communication departments because um, it can feel a bit clunky, but it's definitely much more inclusive. But the main thing to do, f and, and we say this to all the professionals that we work with um, within our pathways, is that if you know the dad's name, use it. 
um, the resources that we provide for them to engage with dad have space for dad's name on the front they have space for their phone number on it they have space for the clinic right. details on it so they can jot it down in even if dad's not there they can put that information on there and leave it for dad and it's got pictures of dad on it it says dad on it there's no way that dad can avoid that leaflet um, thinking that it's not for him because it absolutely is um, and we can also make sure that we ask again so we used to say always ask twice because we want to ask how you're doing and then we want to ask how, you, how you're really doing but actually what we say now is always ask again and we want to ask as many times as possible and we're not trying to elicit the response that dads suddenly offload all of their worries and turmoils um, in that moment but what we are doing is making sure they know that we're interested so that when they acknowledge that there's an issue um, which for dads is, is later than mums it's usually three to six months after the birth um, they know where they can go for support whether that's a health visitor or it's dad matters or it's uh, somebody within the perinatal team or it's a service supporting mum dads will know that that pathway is for them um, and that engagement I think is, is a key part of it uh, for us being a part of the pathway also really helps um, when we see dads in a universal space in an antenatal clinic for instance they know that we're aligned with midwives and maternity and then when a health visitor gives them a leaflet f from us and sees a poster in the postnatal clinic again they know that we're aligned with health visitors in the postnatal world when a perinatal mental health nurse that's visiting mum gives them a leaflet or offers them a referral they again know that we're aligned with those professional services and they know that we can be part of their their journey their pathway they can't defer what we do to mum because everything is says dad on it and that's the importance of having dad matters rather than having partners matter uh, and then the final um, thing to say yeah. on that is we do say partners quite often and we say that because in the in the pregnancy journey dads are thinking about themselves as a supporter of mum during labor that's where we're aiming for but actually we need to use parental terms for for dads instead of using partner which infers that they're only there to support mum to be a parent. We need to use parent, we need to use dad, father, co-parent, intended parent, when we're talking to them about a parental issue. Um, there are some services like maternity, but also like perinatal mental health services where mum's a, a patient, where they might refer to dad as a partner um, because it could be somebody that isn't dad. It could be a, a sister or a, a, a friend or a doula or, or somebody else that is yeah. supporting mum. But actually, let's try and use parental terms for those dads that uh, that we're working with. Yeah, it's nice that you seem with the branding as well of Dad Matters. You seem to have created a very relatable, safe space for dads, which I think is important because often a lot of the material online, when it comes to parenting, is from medical professionals, earlier educators. Um, but I and I remember when. The content I was sharing was growing quite quickly I was worried because I'm just a normal dad and I was thinking you know I don't want it to get too have too many followers because I am just a normal dad I don't want people thinking you know I'm a I should be a clinical psychologist and I reached out to some um, some doctors and spoke to them about the content I share and they said the the reason the dad vibe seems to work is because you're relatable because you're just a normal dad and I think that's really important for dads to have those safe spaces absolutely is and um, we're big fans of your uh, of your content we share it regularly on on social media um, because it, it oh, aligns you, itself with that parent infant message around 
the parent yeah. relationship is is the key uh, the, the key part of becoming a parent um, baby's development is reliant on relationships with their parents and we can support that through understanding responsivity understanding that reflective functioning of what babies are feeling and thinking we can really educate dads as to their role in that because in information and education is what men come to us for they don't come for an intervention they don't come for counseling or yeah um, they, they come to us to be educated to find out more about the baby find out more about their relationship with them find out more about how to support mum and that's an inroad so that we can then fill them with the information about how they're going to change how that will affect their relationship how they can mitigate any any negative changes how they can support their baby's uh, resilience how they support baby's risk assessment and social interaction how they can support babies to feel safe which is the key part of it um, how there will be challenges and the baby is doing what the baby needs to do and it's up to us to adapt as parents to figure out how we can support that baby through it rather than try and change the baby to suit what we want to happen and we can really help dads to understand that and to, to have that peer support that outlet to then vent all of those frustrations in a safe place where they're not doing that with mum it's not it's not creating um, kind of pressure within their, their family relationships um, and it, but it's not a service it's not a clinical psychologist it's not an intervention it feels safe it feels uh, open yeah. Um, yeah it's definitely the way to go well, thank you, Kieran. I know you've got to shoot off for um, for another meeting. I've only got through a third of the questions, so definitely get you back on again for um, for a more in depth chat. But I think that was such an important conversation. I'm looking forward to sharing that with with more dads because, yeah, th there needs to be a, a little bit like you were saying. There needs to be just more awareness and more information that dads can access because, as humans, we, we access information about. Um, the food we eat and um, about health and fitness so why can't we access information about parenting and just build that awareness and sometimes that's enough because with dads I think often it's too late they're like that they leave it too late before seeking information and help and that's I think where dad matters comes in um, like you say you reach out to people instead of waiting for them to come to you which I think is really important yeah absolutely um, thank you for having me like I said, we're we're big fans of the of the content, so keep it up. And I'm absolutely happy to come back, um, and we can, uh, yeah, do a bit more, maybe a bit longer next time. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, I've got another page full of questions, so we'll definitely get that scheduled in. Thank you, mate. Great stuff. Thanks, Tom. Cool. Chat soon, right, Kieran. I'll see you soon.